Welcome to the Smarty Podcast Series from Charlotte Smarty Pants, where we focus on all things parenting. We talk about everything from education, health, travel, beauty, fashion, and more. Join in on the discussion at charlottesmartypants.com. The Smarty Podcast Series is produced by Charlotte Starroom, Charlotte's premier boutique music development and corporate video production studio, and the best parties in the QC the pop star music video parties, and professional voice lessons in a studio. Also amazing content creation. Check them out at charlottestarroom.com. Hi everyone, this is Jen Plum with Charlotte Smarty Pants. Thanks for being here. Today we're talking with our resident experts at Child and Family Development. Lynn Wilkerson is a licensed clinical mental health counselor associate, and Christy Borman is an educational specialist, both with extensive experience working with families and teens. Welcome, ladies. Thanks for joining today. We're so glad to have you here. Hello. Thank Thank you. you. Uh, So today we're talking about preparing for senior year in college. This is very top of mind for me as I'm sending off my second daughter to college next week. So super excited to pick your brains. Um, So I was thinking let's, let's start off with talking about the importance of parents being prepared. I know you all have some good resources that parents can go to as their child begins senior year of high school. So talk to us about that. Well, I would say, you know, sometimes it's overwhelming. There's a lot of information out there. So to really narrow kind of your focus and get a a kind of a a calendar view of what's going on, uh, to really look at the College Board website, Mm -hmm. I think there's a great place that just has kind of, okay, what to expect this month and that month, and just so you can kind of have more of an idea of where you're going. Um, So that would probably be my starting point. Starting point. And Smarties will include any links and resources in um, our podcast um, follow-up. So you'll have quick links to those. But, but yeah, I would say, um, you know, on, on top of that, you know, just thinking about, um, you know, the, the universities that you're targeting, kind of look at their, peruse their websites and just see what's coming, you know, kind of see what's coming down the pipeline. Mm-hmm. Because there should be some uh, open houses and other events. So that will be something you want to look into as well. So that way you can count, put those on the calendar. Yeah, yeah. And especially since this pandemic, a lot of it is even available online. So from the comfort of your couch, you can tour colleges or find more information, Yeah, which is certainly may eased some of like, you, you know, I have four children that are all – have all graduated now, but we visited colleges in person because, but so much of it is now available online. I know, which is, which brings up a point, like how, so my, my second one um, is, did all of hers virtually. So how do they know? Like, how do you know virtually, aside from reputation and, you know, career path that you're targeting, how, how do teens have a good sense of a feel from a Zoom or from a virtual tour? I think part of it still comes down to are you looking for a small university or a large university? Yeah. Where do you see your niche or where, what feels most comfor- comfortable to you? How Do you want to stay close to home or are you interested in being further away? Yeah. Um, you know, like whether you're looking at colleges virtually or in person, you know, there's certain things you can determine beforehand. Um, I think so, too. And I would also add that um, you can do more of the narrowing down of your search. So you're not driving. You know, if you have that ability to look online and, mm-hmm. and again, really mm-hmm. uh, have an opportunity to, again, look for sizes. Um, and then once you've narrowed down your top 
you know, choices, I think that would be a good place then to say, let's do some in-person visits yeah. and on-campus Even just self-guided. There's mm-hmm. a lot of, um, you know, now it seems that most of the colleges and universities have live tours. So we're mm-hmm. back to normal for mm-hmm. now. Who knows? Yeah. Um, but you can also do self-guided tours on campuses right. if those, for whatever reason, shut down, which we have done. But it, it's how important do you think, I mean, I've heard mixed a mixed bag on this, Um do you think admissions can see if you've taken the tour or the virtual tour or the live tour? Do you think they really take that into consideration? You know, because there's now with being able to push lots, you know, you can apply to 15 schools if you want. I don't right. recommend that. <laughs> right. So that's expensive in itself just to apply to that many. But I do know kids who regularly apply to 12 to 15 schools. Mine did not. We narrowed it down way more. But I would say I would uh, you know ask I would have your children talk to the guidance counselors. I think they really have the the most recent information on what some of the admissions uh, folks are looking for. Um, I have heard that some look to see if uh, you are like linked in with some of their social pages and right. you know engaging. active with yep. that and engaging and um, that actually is a more of a positive for some of the students. Well, I think as a school. You know, anything that they see you, I mean, if any opportunity to put yourself in front of them is is probably a good thing for students. Um, okay, so next question. How important do you think it is, and we were just talking about this before we went live, <laughs> but how important do you think it is for children to, or teens to know exactly what they want to do as they're going into their college preps? Um, and how can we as parents, knowing their strengths and weaknesses firsthand, how can we guide them? I would say that that's one um, benefit to me of fine arts colleges are ones that allow you a couple of years to still get a variety of courses or require a variety of courses before you um, identify your major. That's good. Right. You know, because that because kids don't know. Um, I when I went back, I went back and picked up my school counseling certification uh, while my children were still in um, have four, so in different um, stages of school. But I remember asking one of my professors, how do you help kids figure out a major when they don't know who they are yet? Yeah. I mean, it's like we put the cart before the horse to right. me some, in some ways. But I also feel like life is we learn as we go along. Mm-hmm. And that to me, I always just never tried with my kids to – pigeonhole them or push them into a certain field or say, you know, like you need to go toward this or, you know, just say, listen, you're going to figure it out. Yeah. I don't know whether you'll figure it out, you know, your freshman year, your sophomore year. For many, you might figure it out after you graduate. Right. Right. But, you know, like in that the often you might not even have a job or a career in the field which you have your certification or your right. diploma in. Right. Yeah, right? that's true. And I think, too, really thinking about uh, utilizing your friends and family and having conversations about, mm-hmm. hey, what, what are you doing? And, oh, how did you get started? How did you decide your major? You know, as maybe some older colleagues. Um, and uh, and then 
um, I think, you know, possibly part-time jobs. So, you know, for my son, uh, who I forgot to mention, he actually just went through his senior year and we're taking him to college this weekend, which is crazy. Oh, fun. (laughs) So it's very timely. Um, But there was a time where he was like, maybe I'd be interested in the sports field of some capacity. Uh, And even a silly job, like he went to the Knights and he was just a ticket uh, you know, the person right. at the ticket booth, but it's just kind of getting an idea of, you know, lens, do you like yeah. this? And, uh, you know, maybe job shadows if they're available. So again, talking with the schools, sometimes schools will have projects where they they have to pick a different area and then uh, do a job shadow and do some research on careers. Um, so those might be some other things that students can, yeah. can do and you can kind of help guide them with those decisions. I feel like with my second, who's also going off her freshman year and next week, her program um, is a science program that doesn't force them to pick. It's like, we know we want science. We're just not exactly sure what that is. And there's four different tracks that they get exposure to through their class throughout freshman year. Then they do have to pick by sophomore year. So I'm like, I hope you really absorb that class. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I think you know it varies by what your major is, what school you're in. Um, okay, next question. Uh, it seems that gap years or community college are becoming more and more popular today. Although I found that the language is not always supportive during the high school journey and social media doesn't help us, you know, like everyone's leaving and I'm going to CPCC, which is which is actually an awesome route and probably the smartest, most financially sound route that all of our kids should probably take. But doesn't help some of the kids who are feeling less than maybe, but what advice would you give to a parent whose teen just might not fit the traditional four-year university mold? Well, I think to me it's sort of in some ways, and Christy and I have talked about this, that I feel like we have now defined success as a college diploma. Mm -hmm. And we keep trying to put all kids in this same mold, regardless of the child's abilities or their interest or, you know, the differences. And, and we've, we've made this what everyone has to do. It's like right. the prerequisite or, you know, and for some kids that is true. I mean, college is um, the best option for them or, you know, but for others, maybe a gap year would be beneficial if they're really floundering and don't have an idea what they want to do or where they want to go. You know, can we not just give them a gift of time right. and just say like, listen, this is not a rush. You know, right. life life is a marathon. It's not like a, you know, a hundred yard dash. Right. You know, you, like just take the opportunity to travel or to do some volunteer work, you know, but, but I, but I feel like gap years can be great. Community colleges are a wonderful resource, mm-hmm. particularly given the continuing cost of tuition. Right. Right. And, and do we want to burden our, burden our kids? You know, can we, can you financially afford four years or is your child going to be left in um, significant debt for that college degree. So Um, I think also, you know, skilled trade, you know, Mm -hmm. there's some amazing skilled trade schools are, you know, you just don't need to go to 
the traditional schools. But right. And you can also uh, consider that uh, the path doesn't have to look the same. So if you start, again, like most of us in our journeys of our career, you start going one way. So even if you do start maybe with a skilled trade or going through uh, more of an associate's program, that will be the starting point to maybe lead to the four-year degree. Right. So it's not as if if you don't do it right away that it, it goes that opportunity goes away. Uh, so letting your kids know that that Right. It's okay, you know, to go a different path. Well, and I think with gap year, you know, gap years could turn into benders. So, you know, we have to have, as a family, I think it's important to set rules and boundaries. Like, mm -hmm. okay, you're going to do XYZ travel, but you're going to have a job when you come back. Or you're going to take a class or two at community college, whatever that might look like. Mm -hmm. um, and obviously varies by different mental states of teens of where they are in that journey. Well, yeah, you know, a gap year doesn't have to be a you know a year of vacation at the beach, year abroad, right? Yeah, you know, like, yeah. I mean, I would love that. <laughs> I would be my favorite, but you know, totally. Like, <laughs> well, and then you'll have to. The other part of that is as they do go into the, whenever gap year ends, whatever that looks like, you have to explain your gap year as you're applying the next time. You know, so. But some colleges now even allow you to apply and, and then take the gap. and take yeah. the gap year. Mm -hmm. So that's. Definitely, it's definitely um, the number of students I think that pursue or take a gap year has increased. Definitely since COVID, for sure. Right. Um. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So then, this is a this is a loaded question, but how engaged should a parent be during their <laughs> child's college journey, application process, essays, you know, all of that. Well, I'm sure it's a very personal choice, and you know your relationship with your um, child will dictate uh, that level of uh, um, of involvement. I think that certainly letting them know I'm here if you have questions, um, but really trying to step back and um, letting your child, um, you know, really lead that effort, particularly with the essays and uh, those deadlines, because that's part of the learning process as well, mm -hmm. is that this is on you. This is what you are applying for these schools. So if I did it, I'm not, go I'm not going to the school. So. I already went to college. Yeah, yeah. this is for you. Um, and I think, too, really utilizing and letting them know the resources that are out there. Mm -hmm. Again, I've mentioned the school counselor, but that's going to be a person who's really going to be, has that experience and that knowledge that can help your students. So it's different than mom and dad. Maybe getting, um, you know, that close contact with the teacher, possibly the English teacher that will help mm -hmm. look at the essays and do some revision versus mom and dad helping with those processes. Uh, there's also outside resources. Mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, professionals that help children with the application process, if that's where they need that more level of support, that, that would be available as well. And it's important, I think, you, you brought up, you know, kids, we think, you know, we got this, we went to college, whatever, we know how to do this, but our kids don't listen to us. Or they do, the same information can be conveyed from mom or dad, and then, but it's well received from their English professor or English teacher or such. But I also would recommend um, parents paying attention to the, like ours is Naviance, but right. the college planning technology tool of your school, whatever that is. But Naviance mm -hmm. um, helps you truly accurately recognize what's a safety school, what's probably mm -hmm. a reach. And there's no such thing. Say, I mean, you know, all that language is out. But you can, you know, there's a bell curve. You can see. You can see where your student is and you can see, you know, like if they're down here and they're trying to go to Duke or Chapel Hill, you know, a reality check, that's not going to work. But Naviance numbers don't lie, and they're a very realistic way for you to help, um, 
you know, guide realistic expectations, you know, and they, I'm sure they are on that, but. Well, I think when you talk about um, realistic expectations, I, I feel like many parents now look at the low acceptance rate of the very prestigious selective schools like Duke and mm-hmm. Carolina or, you know, University of Virginia, and they assume that all colleges have that similar low admissions rate, right? And mm-hmm. that, that their child is not going to be able to get in. And I feel, and I feel like we're, that for children and for, for students and for parents, that there's this fear yeah. that is permeating the whole college admissions process. Right, and it's a real fear, and it's a very it's a real, real fear. I mean, like you know, counting me out of our county, it's hard. You know, depending where you're trying to go, but it's but but I would we're say that harder. Th- I think I would say that that's the thing, though. It's like depending on where you are right. trying to right. go, right? And that we also I think, which also ties into the fact that for some reason there seems to be this misperception that the college I attend is going to be the um, make or break my ability to, to right, be successful. Right, like define you. Yeah, right, define right. No, my right. success depends on where I attend college. Right, right. And actually, success does not depend on where you attend college. Success depends on what your child puts into the college education. Right. And uh, – in some ways, a, a, a diploma is a diploma. And I think we put a lot of weight and value and in stock into certain schools. And that is not necessarily helpful for our kids. Yeah. Well, I think it's and also... It's, I mean, and it, it just puts so much added pressure. Yeah, definitely. But I think, um, you know, there's that saying, there's a college for everyone. But the reality of that is there's a college for everyone at a price, you know, to some yeah. extent. You know, we're at our university system is the most competitive probably mm-hmm. of any state all around us. And so, you know, like I personally, my family, we need in-state tuition or equivalent. Now, if you go out of state and you get scholarships close to that, that's great. But that's pressure on them to maintain that because $50,000 a year is really hard to sustain for most families. But so I think um, that's stressful, too. Like it's stressful for everybody, you know. Um but would you say that um, most? I mean, and I, I, I do. I agree with you. Like, but I, you know, we all know that Chapel Hill is is the you know premier. Well, so, yeah, it's our so that's it. You know, sort of like our prestigious um, state school. But we wouldn't think UNCG, right? I mean, right. like that there are still that doesn't, totally. you know, like we still have a lot of other um, alternative state colleges and universities that are not as popular. But they're getting competitive. Um, right. Charlotte, Wilmington, thinking, uh, app. app. But, you, but again, they're they're getting, still, like it's getting harder to get into all of it. So well, it's it's, not, it's kind of nuts right now. Well, it's it interesting, though, because I was looking at the Common App last night, and they were saying that 75% of the colleges and universities that use the Common App, which allows students to use the same application for multiple college admissions, that um, 
75% of the universities accept over 50% of their applications. Oh, applicants, yeah, that's good. right? You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. But we don't think that. We think it's 4% or 10%, but actually 75% is ha- yeah. over half. Or look at, like you said earlier, look at schools that do have a higher acceptance rate. You mm-hmm. see those. Those numbers don't lie either. Um, okay, and switching gears. Well, we kind of covered this, but I would say um, going along those lines when you're applying, when your child is applying, every opportunity to get in front of the admissions counts. So all of these supplemental essays, so you have your common app and you push your applications, but then you have like three to five, Mm -hmm. 250 word, that's not very many words. Um, And so people tend to maybe slack on those. Those I find, I feel like, are your opportunity to tie it up with a bow, whether it's Mm -hmm. a Chapel Hill Carolina blue bow or, you know, whatever other color bow. Mm -hmm. But that's your, that's my marketing side. But I'm like, that's, so working with an essay writer or your English teacher or whatever, you know, just why are you picking this school? They care. They care why you're picking that school. And it's not because of football or basketball or it's at the beach or it's near the ski slopes. Like you need to, that's your opportunity to say, I, you know, I went to this open house and I listened to professor so-and-so and that's why, you know, just, it's like a business opportunity. Mm-hmm. And so tying that up. So I would recommend that. Um, Mm-hmm. And then lastly, I think we haven't talked about this, but for students with an IEP or 504 plan in high school, like what are the next steps? I mean, and maybe we back it up. Like what if you're in high school and you recognize that you might need, your child actually does need assistance here. So what are the steps to get that? And then after that, we can talk about how do you apply that to going to college? Right, right. Well, um, there's a lot of different opportunities for uh, students that have, you know, different learning needs. Right. Uh, and so uh, we'll include some of this information as well as kind of the resources from this right. um, this discussion. Um, but really, I mean, depending on what your needs are, even at East Carolina, there's a program specifically for kids with uh, learning disabilities. It's called the right. STEP program. Uh, that's pretty well known. So, you know, looking into what are the opportunities of places that would really support my child who may not be a, the traditional um, right. college student, but there's many opportunities, even for students who may have uh, intellectual disabilities, and their goals may be more of independent living, um, employment. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's a lot of on-campus programs. I know Clemson has uh, a really widely uh, known program. It's called the LIFE program. Um, but even at CPCC, there's an excellent kind of life skills program as well. It's called I Lead, okay. um, And so that would be another opportunity for parents to, you know, for students that you're like, oh, is college going to be appropriate? It, there are a lot of different programs out there for students. Um, so that's one thing to consider. If your student is more of a traditional student that just may need some accommodations, mm-hmm. so they currently have a 504 plan or they do have an IEP, uh, we in the college level, you don't receive that individualized instruction. So you don't get like special education services, but you will work with the Office of Disabilities at the at the college mm-hmm. uh, to get those accommodations that you need. So if a student needs a copy of notes or if they need a- access to audiobooks, these are accommodations that you need to work with the school so that you can continue to get those um, at the college level. Um, and one thing to remember as well from a parent perspective is you will want an updated uh, psychological evaluation. So that usually has to be current within three years. 
So maybe they should do that senior year if theirs was mm-hmm. in like yes. ninth or something. Right. Okay. Uh, and you can ask the, the school if they could do that updated uh, evaluation or, um, you know, get that done privately. But that way you have that documentation to take with you to college will be important. Okay. That's great tips. Um, yeah. And then I think in closing, like, are there any additional tips that you have for parents that we didn't cover? Um, anything as they begin their journey junior and senior year um, any last words of wisdom well I just think well I think there's a couple of things I think it, it does help especially for parents to give a child some boundaries or like communicate to them what what their financial contribution is going to be right, right? so mm-hmm. we to you know are you like you had said, like you know, my my stu- my children will be going to state schools, right? Mm-hmm. To or an what... equivalent of in state, yeah. right? Right. So mm-hmm. so to co- go ahead and communicate those things, we don't want them to like have some school of their dreams and then go, oh, I'm sorry, you know, like you can't, we can't afford that, or how are you paying for it? You know, to be upfront and just go through that. And I with the College Board. And with all the colleges, there is a net cost calculator, which right. will, um, which is help very helpful. It's federally mandated, and provided so that parents can really get an accurate estimation of how much that co- college is going to cost. And I think parent, you know, as you go in, you kind of go in, and it's so hard to really assess how much it really is going to cost. Sometimes you have a little sticker shock, no matter what, you know, and or if you're, you know, if, if you qualify for financial assistance in some of the private schools, you don't know what that's going to be until late, you know. So we don't have the opportunity to do early decision, you know, early decision, you know, sorry, I can't do that full ticket price. Um, so maybe have those conversations with your student ahead of time. You right, know? right. Like maybe we don't know where we're going to go, but apply to several different options. But, um, you know, like I, I feel like sometimes I'm like, you know, not – not screaming for any school. I'm like, let's wait and see, see what we get, you know. That's right. Um, Which I think is a great way to be, right? You know, I'll scream for whatever school you decide. Right, whatever you go, wherever you go, I'm wearing the colors. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's the important thing, too, as you're thinking about this journey, is that um, some children may really internalize and not let you know how much stress and pressure Mm -hmm. they are feeling. Um, So just those words of just encouragement and you know, we've got this, especially, you know, other people are getting accepted. And if you mm-hmm. don't, you know, have those feelings of, oh, I'm not going to be able to do this, you know, so really just keeping a pulse on how they're feeling about that and really just trying to keep encouraging them and, and you know, hey, whatever happens, we're together and we're proud of what you've got to this right. point. So absolutely. Yeah. I also think, too, just to remind our children that who they are and their value is not tied up in where they're accepted. Right. At a, you know, like that this is almost, especially for our more selective schools, it's like a glorified lottery, right? Mm-hmm. And so we, I don't, that you, you know, like this has no reflection on you or necessarily. Your, like your entire like, future, yeah. Right, or, and this is not going, the end of the world, and this is not going to, you know, doom you for failure, you know, that, that, but that it is, it is competitive. I was telling Christy on the way in that I was looking last night that the actual um, number of students 
applying, or actually not applying, but the number of students going to college has dropped and declined in the last few years, especially since the pandemic. And it's yet to be seen whether it will um, gradually Mm -hmm. increase and return to the normal level or not. I mean, I think that the cost of tuition is certainly more of a factor. Parents are weighing that in in the students. Um, There is more um, awareness that not all um, jobs require or, you know, lucrative fields require a diploma. And then I think for some kids, it's like, is it worth it? I mean, mm-hmm. there's more questioning, you know, is this really worth yeah, all that I I'm putting so into it, right? Like, we're, we're in a state of confusion and chaos, and we've now gone through a pandemic, and life has just been turned around. And I think everything seems to be more questioned now than ever before, um, and, which is okay. But, you know, I would just say that I just really want to say to parents that it's okay, right? You know, like your child would be fine and that what do we really want for them as an adult? You know, how how are we defining them? How are we talking to them? Um, you know, what are our values mm-hmm. ultimately that we want to instill in them, uh, which isn't really contingent upon a college. Right. Well, and I'll say one more thing. Um, where they go freshman year doesn't mean they have to stay there. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, we had that happen to one of ours. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, there's opportunities to go elsewhere. So you can do that. So anyway, Definitely. well, thank you so much for being here today. Your um, words of wisdom have been wonderful. Smarties, you can find Child and Family Development on childandfamilydevelopment.com and on Facebook child and family development and instagram child and family dev dev and you can always find us daily on charlottesmartypants.com facebook and instagram at charlottesmartypants and twitter at charlottesmarty thanks so much for listening to our smarty podcast you can always join in on the conversation at charlottesmartypants.com the smarty podcast series is produced by charlotte starroom charlotte's premier boutique music development and corporate video production studio check them out at charlottesstarroom.com